Hi, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of The Treadcast, a podcast about success. My guest is Walter Flakus, founding member of the rock band Stabbing Westward, who scored two gold records back in the mid to late 90s and had a bunch of rock radio hits, including What Do I Have to Do and Save Yourself. When they disbanded back in 2002, Walter went back to his first love, radio, and has carved out quite a career where he's currently Middays and Music Director of Rock 95.5 in Chicago. But the band has reformed and has put out their first album in 21 years, Chasing Ghosts. Here's our conversation. Walter, welcome, man. How are you? I'm good, Dread, man. Good to see you. Good to see you. It's been a long time. So what I like to do, Walter, is is start in the now. Well, that's not a very 60s. I like to start in the now, you know. (laughs) Yeah, dude. And then we hop in the the microbus, and then we head up, you know, through time. But No, I like to (laughs) kind of get people up to speed, like what you're up to now. Obviously, you touched a little bit on Stabbing Westward, and and then you're doing radio work in Chicago as well. So kind of get everybody up to speed about you and the band and everything else. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, uh, and it'll be interesting to do this backwards, but uh, I'm currently in Chicago, which is really where the band came from. So I, I, it's like I've been many places. I've been to Albany and, and L.A. and New York. But Chicago has always kind of been home base. So back in Chicago, working at a brand new rock station that we just signed on about a year and a half, almost two years ago. And it's awesome. We're doing great. So that's the day gig. And it's it's awesome because now that's the day gig and I love it. But then I get to do the band because we're still happening. We just put out our first record yep. in 21 years, wow. Chasing Ghosts. Yep. And it's one of those things where, you, uh, does anybody still care about Stabbing Westward <laughs> and put this thing out? And everybody's giving us the, the most amazing compliments saying like, this sounds like you never went away. It sounds just like where you left off after Darkest Days, but only updated, which is like just hands down one of the best compliments you could get. So we just put that out. And because everybody's got day jobs, our drummer, he he's built this amazing school uh, music school for kids in Orange County. So he's got 200 kids who learn how to play the drums and now other instruments. Wow. And so so he is like fully invested in that. So we're not going to be that bad now who are going to go like, we're going to go hit the road for six months. <laughs> we, we're done. Right. Been there, done that. We're done with that. So we have our day gigs and then we'll go out, we'll play weekends, do regional things here and there. And then we'll try to hit as much as the country as we can when we can and do it that way. And it seems to have been working for us to, to do it that way. So we have some shows coming up later this year excited about the record and in the meantime just doing uh, the radio thing walter flake is my guest he is the founder keyboardist guitarist for the band stabbing westward also middays now i want to get this right rock 95.5 in chicago right that is correct okay yep. i want to make sure you because it's not it's not 95.5 or anything like that we're always yeah yeah yeah. And remember right. we always have that drilled in our head you can't say it a different way it's got to be this way so for me as a fan of of your band i came i discovered your band i was working at a rock station down in the cape back in 97 or 98 now i know you guys got together back in 1985 ish or so right before that but our our first record came out in 94 so okay well i'm sorry did i, did I say 95 i'm like 85 right you guys got back together yeah <clears throat> 85 christopher and i we met in band camp and we probably put our first iterations of the band together uh around that time it's been a long time decades yeah. i was looking back and, and doing some research as i try to do and i do these things that just freeform it i was looking at it and i'm like no walter can't be that old i'm like i'm like no, there's no way <laughs> yeah. you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> true. <laughs> As you guys got together, though, I mean, even back in the mid '80s, and you started, you know, writing songs together and and putting music together. Did you have a moment where you were saying to yourselves, like, this is this could really be something. This this has a future. Well, see, it's it's interesting because I was doing radio at that time. I went to college, to majored in broadcasting. I was on the path. I uh, was producing a morning show in Chicago, working in Rockford part time at, 
and then I got my first full-time gig in Rockford. I was doing nights in Peoria, Illinois, uh, at a top 40 station. I had benefits. I had ratings. I was on the path. I had great people who had backed me and mentored me. And then everybody in the band is like, all right, we're all going to quit our jobs and put it all in the band. I'm like, ah, but... Yep. But I didn't want to. I didn't want to go through life going like, man, I should have, or what if I. So I'm like, I could probably always jump back into radio. So all right, what the hell? Let's roll the dice. And about two months later, we actually signed a deal with Columbia. So it all worked out very well. So, but there was a point where we did kind of suddenly take it more seriously, and you could kind of feel that because of things like Nine Inch Nails and some of the smaller industrial bands that we grew up with were starting to get major label contracts you can kind of tell that things were happening and it was we just got right place right time columbia records was looking for their nine inch nails and we had all of our limbs so we were able to <laughs> fit that bill and it, look we turned it into something so yep. it's like whatever gets you in the door that's great but we were never one of those bands that had this amazing following in chicago and you could just tell that people were going to pay attention to us it was just the right sound at the right time, and we fit the bill. And Chicago was hot at the time because we had Pumpkins and Brooke Assault and yep. Jesus Lizard. There, there's yep. a bunch of good bands. Disturbed, Disturbed came in after you guys as well. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Liz Fair. I mean, so there's a lot happening in Chicago at the time. So people were looking at it. It was kind of like right after Seattle blew up. Uh, Chicago got the micro microscope. When that really started to happen, though, really started to, to to break, and you started hearing your songs on the radio. What was the, was there where, was there a moment where you're driving in the car with the guys who are just by yourself, and all of a sudden you heard your song flipped uh, out or no? Something? I mean, because like I, I think, and maybe this is this is me and my radio background. I was able to like I kind of knew how it all worked, and. I didn't have, it wasn't such a, so, so some of the mystique, I suppose, of <laughs> hearing your song on the radio may have been right. blown because of that. Right. Um, but I think that moment when we were, we put out Wither, Blister, Burn, and Peel, our second record, which had What Do I Have to Do and Shame on it. Mm -hmm. And we were playing, I think it was a festival in Memphis, maybe early September, late August of, I can't, uh, 96, I think it was. And we got the word that day that the record had just been certified gold Ooh, so that's nice. uh, you know half a million copies and i think at that point it's like are you kidding me we have a gold record <laughs> that's a moment that kind of lives on and then we went to the, to new york and head of the label donnie eider presented us with our first gold plaques and he said no matter how many of these things i do and i give billy joel his platinum plaque for the 18th time or whatever you know whatever <laughs> artist he's gotten they've had such a huge staple Mar mariah carey or whatever it was like there's nothing that beats the feeling of giving a band their first gold record okay. and it's like dude i appreciate that <laughs> and you're right because that's a first can never be taken away yep. and you can only build from there and we did because the then darkest days went gold so yep. we had yeah we had had that pocket where everything was clicking and that was also at that point that we decided, all right, enough winters in Chicago, we're moving to L.A. <laughs> now, where's the gold record now? Where are the gold records, actually? I have them in my hallway as we come up the stairs to the studio. Okay, because sometimes yeah. we're like, eh, oh, actually, in the actually uh, there's one back there. I don't know if you can see it. It's yep. in the back. There. Yep. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Walter Flake, this is my guest founder, keyboardist, guitarist, the band Stabbing Westward. Their new album, Chasing Ghosts, just came out in March, also middays, keeping himself busy at Chicago's rock station, Rock 95.5 in Chicago. Walter, 
when you started to get on major tours and you started to get into that grind that you've all heard the bands talk about, especially again with your radio background, was there a time where you just you started to get tired of it or was it just something where you kind of just bought into it and just wanted to see how long you could take it? That's a good question. You kind of get used to it. You know it's the grind and you know it's what what is needed to help promote a record once you put it out. I think the very first record cycle was uh, you know our first time actually experiencing being on the road. There was a point that first year record came out in February and then we were on the road from March until and it got into August and they just kept on adding tour after tour after tour and at that point and there was a point where I'm just like I'm going crazy I haven't been home I haven't seen my my wife at the time uh for months and I I'm having a hard time dealing with that and then they added three weeks on I'm like I'm free so that was that was really the hardest part but once you get past that and you kind of realize, and then you kind of try, I mean, once you get to a point, you can actually work it out. So like you're six weeks on, you have two weeks off or whatever, and you can kind of balance it a little a little better. But, you know, it, it, it is a, it's a grind. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing glamorous. There's a lot of hurry up and wait. There's a lot of waiting around. You know, it's great for that hour and a half you're on stage and some of the buildup around it. But a lot of time you're just hanging out by yourself or hanging out with the band for the... 80th day in a row and (laughs) you've run out of things to talk about run out of things to do and it's not as all that glamorous for for most people i mean Mm -hmm. sure if you're somebody on the on the very top you can make it what you want but for for most bands riding in a bus there's a lot of downtime a lot of hanging on the bus and kicking it so Uh, yeah and then if your bass player clicks his pen one more time you're gonna beat him with a frying pan kind of thing (laughs) yeah because it is i've always i've always described that to people you know with meeting bands and working with bands it's like it's a family because you're, you spend sometimes like you were just saying more time with them than the, than you do your wife at the time and so it's one of these things where after a while it's like dude put the cup in the dishwasher or yeah. you know knock it off it's, it's it's even more than that because it, because it's a marriage i mean because you have to coexist together you have to find a way to make it work and not there are times when it doesn't and you've got these fights and then the the, ten- the tension on the bus and you can't leave it you can't and it's just like it, it gets it's stressful you know and so like and, and, you know and then you know what helped was i think like in 98 99 small portable f- cell phones became a thing mm-hmm. and then you could actually be sitting on the bus and call home and be in contact not having to find that pay phone and hope no, fans yep. weren't like hovering you know it's like right which was the way it was before so I think stuff like that help, and, and I'm sure nowadays when you can FaceTime and everything, it's it's way easier. But yep. still, I think I remember doing our brief time together in Albany when you were doing radio there, and we were backstage. I'm trying; it was probably one of the big day outs or whatever. But I remember you telling me this, and I always remember this where you said to me you know, that the biggest problem is the downtime. He goes yeah. because you have depending on where you are in the bill, how much time they have for sound check. Then you have dinner or whatever like that. But then you have your set. And, but then after that, you have all this open time. And then you were like, even think about when we were doing shorter sets, like 25, 30 minutes. That's still 23 and a half hours a day. You got to fill. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's it's tough. And then and then the other thing is, say you're the headliner, right? You play your hour and a half show and everything is great. The crowd's going nuts. And then it stops. You just, then you're done. You're backstage and you're with the same guys again. And here comes the after show pizza. You're like, pizza again? You know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's a weird existence. It really is. <laughs> and the one guy in the band that refuses to take a shower, and you're back in the dressing room, going, like, <laughs> yeah. Peace, get yeah. a shower. Brush your teeth, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard of deodorant? Don't you wish everybody used dial? <laughs> you wonder why people 
scooch away from you when uh, when you sit down. <laughs> yeah, it's like got nothing to do. You know, got nothing to do with the squeaky seats. They want out. <laughs> Walter Flakes is my guest on the Treadcast. Founding member, keyboardist, guitarist for the band Stabbing Westward. Their new album, Chasing Ghosts, came out in March, and also middays at Rock 95.5 in Chicago. And something I, I got to definitely quickly get off my chest, Walter, is that you know I try to contain myself when we work together and stuff. But I've been a huge fan of your. I probably said that the first time I walked in sounded like a goofball, but when I found out that who you were and what you did, first of all, I didn't believe it. When the PD at the time was telling me, you know, no, I used to be in Stabbing Westward. I'm like, yeah, okay, right. yeah, Stabbing Westward. Okay. And then, it, and then it was true. I did definitely have a fanboy moment. So I don't think I ever told you that, but I've, I was, I've always been a huge fan of you guys. And I'm so glad that you guys are back together and making more music. So I just, I want to get that off, out there and off the table and, you know. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. You know what was great is that Albany, my gig at Albany at uh, WHRL, was my getting back into radio after the band. So I was like, we did our, the band thing for 10 years, and you could see the writing on the wall. It wasn't going in the right direction, and we kind of had lost our focus, and we were smart enough to go, you know what, let's just call it a day before we run this thing into the ground. And I, I think we made the right choice then, and I was like... Christopher is like, hey, let's start a new band. We can do it the way we want. I'm like, <laughs> I uh, I can't. I don't have the energy to go back to Ground Zero. I have a family now, so I'm going to go back and do the other thing that I know, and that's radio. But I wanted to find a place to do radio that was a real market. I wanted a real job. I didn't want to be that token rock star mm-hmm. or whatever. And I really felt like Albany afforded me that. And I was actually able to build my current career based on that opportunity. So I'm extremely thankful for that. I think Albany was a very, was an awesome market, an awesome place. It was very competitive, close to New York City. So you got some play from the major you know, record label people there. And it really set me up for everything I, I did that followed because I left when I left Albany, I went to XM, was there for a few years. Then I uh, got picked up by Q Prime Management, who manages Chili Peppers, Muse, and Metallica. And they're just like, just a we couple want your of minor ears. bands, just yeah. a couple of small yeah, fringe ones. bands. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we want your ears to help us sign more bands, and we're going to start a record label. So I did that for five years, and then I came back to Chicago for radio. So it's like, but all of that stemmed from me, from the band breaking up, me jumping back into radio, and Albany was just. The perfect place to do that. And well, Although I will say, I will say, culture shock from moving from LA to Albany oh, I bet. was on a scale <laughs> of like, oh my God, what have I done? Yeah. Oh, I bet. <laughs> and then having to deal with me, you know, the big morning guy over at the river being a pain in the ass fanboy all the time. That probably didn't help either. You know, one of the things I always respected uh, about you, Walter, because I remember we talked about this a little bit, was you never played that card. Of like you're no. saying before the musician card, you your resume. I have to correct me if I'm wrong. But you, your resume didn't have anything about your band on it. It had things about other radio stuff you did. You never tried to play that. Hey, give me a job because I'm this guy card, which I always respected you for because won't name any names, but I could of people have played right. that card to get a gig, and you didn't do that. No, it's like, and I I'm still I'm still that way. I mean, like I don't hide who I am. I'm able to pull on it from for anecdotes or whatever relevance I can add when I talk about rock bands on Rock 95.5, but I don't like, hey, don't you know I'm I'm in that band? I was in that band. Like, I, that's creepy to me. It's just yeah. kind of weird. And so, like, people people know, and I don't, you know, and I'll remind people, because I'll, I'll pull out a story, 
but I don't want to hang my hat on, I don't want to get something in radio just because I did that. I feel like, especially now, I've accomplished a great deal in radio, and I, I think, I hope that th those merits alone would warrant me whatever the next gig would be. All right, so b before we move forward a little bit, I got to ask you, though, Walter, and I know we had a couple stories that we, we shared before, but the coolest thing you ever saw on the road. Now, obviously, if it's a backstage thing, you might have to do some self-editing, but the coolest uh, thing you saw. I don't know if there's any one thing. I mean, like, the, the craziest thing i mean a very broad thing is in the summer of 96 we were fortunate enough to do to open for two very different bands but enormous bands in their own rights we got the word that we were going to open for kiss for two weeks when they did that reunion tour in 96 when they started that uh, goodbye tour 20 years ago or whatever <laughs> exactly first time with the makeup back on with paul and uh ace and peter back in the band right and i grew when i was a kid and it was all oh, about yeah. for me that was amazing and then we got the word that we are also going to then follow that two weeks up by opening for the Sex Pistols for two weeks on their reunion tour. So within within like six weeks of each other, we did two weeks with Kiss playing arenas on the West Coast, and then we did two weeks with the Sex Pistols. And I mean, just to be able to have that on your resume is yeah. pretty, pretty cool, pretty good times to do yeah. all of that stuff. And the facts be what they are, we sold the most records ever in a week, the week, uh, those weeks that we were on the Kiss record, uh, Kiss tours. So uh, it actually did translate to that audience and it was actually really great That's to awesome. get in front of those people. Another thing would be, we were fortunate enough too to uh, open for Depeche Mode, oh. it was a very influential band for us. Yeah. We got, we opened for them on two consecutive North American tours. One was the very last one before Dave had some uh, rehab issues and then Alan Wilder left the band. So we did the last leg of this tour in 94, and then they went away, came back, and when they toured next was in 98. We actually meant something at that time, and we were asked to come back and open for them again. So we built this great relationship with Depeche. But the, that first go around, I remember being at a late night place in St. Louis on the Depeche tour. Uh, we're at this place, it's like two in the morning, there's a velvet rope blocking off where we are, and there's maybe 10 people on the other side because we're in East St. Louis in Illinois. There's like nobody there. <laughs> but Martin Gore is singing in my ear old R&B songs going like, I don't like dance music. I like R&B. And he's singing in my, I'm like, oh, Martin wow. Gore oh, is wow. singing in my ear right now. How bizarre <laughs> is this? So cool moments like that. Yep. We played we played fruit baseball backstage at a Kiss show once. Might have been some alcohol involved there. No, and then the next no, night, right. the next night we were like so far removed from the band it wasn't even funny. So oh, wow. <laughs> oh, I have to I, I have to tell you I saw Depeche Mode back in their last tour that was 2019 at the TD Guard. Me and uh, your buddy Jason Keller who says hi by yeah. the way. And they do they still got it. They were so effing good. I mean, that, and, even so they, many years later, yeah, I mean, they, yeah. it was, it was unreal how good they were. We were just sat there and Dave, Dave Kahan is hands down one of the greatest frontmen, mm -hmm. and to watch them, yeah. watch him perform and command that audience. There's nothing like when they do Enjoy the Silence and he has everybody throw their arms up and wave them back and forth. Yep. And you see an entire arena doing that. It, that yeah. ne it never gets old. No. Uh, it's such an amazing frontman. So it's still, yeah. to this day, uh, one of my faves. See, that's all we talked about on the way back was like, can you believe this? Can you believe that? Because you know, we're all jaded you know, radio guys. are like, And we've all seen some reunion tours where you're like, oh boy. You know, right. and, the, and the lead singer's gone. He's like, you sing the songs now. Hey, because I can't sing. You know, and it's like, <laughs> 
Walter Flakus is my guest, founder, keyboardist, and guitarist for the band Stabbing Westward, their new CD, Chasing Ghosts, out now, so go get it. He's also Midday as a music director at Rack 95.5 in Chicago. Walter, what I like to also do with, with, with these podcasts, too, is that as far as navigating things, and you've had some pretty, obviously you've had some great up moments, but you've also had some some down moments as well, with the band breaking up and radio being radio changing as it has, jobs and everything else, and what kept you going in those moments? What kept you kind of being motivated to continue or to, or to say to yourself, like you did, you know what, I'm going to go back in radio? Really low point at the end of the band the first time around. I mean, I could just feel, it felt like the band was actually pulling away from me and I was on the outs. And it turns out I was, they were getting ready to can me. But I, I had a family, right? I had, I had a wife and two kids. I needed to provide for and it's just like you know what this it's not the end all be all it's like i sure i started this thing i've done it for 15 plus years at the time but i i luckily had the radio back background to uh, jump back to and that was really the thing that kept me going i mean it you know i it meant moving everybody across the country from la to Al- albany but i knew i was able to keep things going and then you know you just build it back up from from that point mm-hmm. and uh was definitely able to do that and so low points like that definitely uh it was it's the family and that keeps you grounded yep so yeah i totally agree with getting back together with with the band and everything was there a fear or any kind of trepidation where you were kind of like i i want to but kind of a feeling or was it just like you know what there's enough time has passed was there any any that kind of feeling at the beginning when you started to say well, hey, let's get back together christopher and i started the band and we were like brothers and we you know had been for for so long had a falling out at one point after the band broke up didn't talk for a while and out of the blue he reached out to me and said that his father passed away and he was coming back to mm. chicago or to illinois actually to for his father's funeral and wanted to know if i wanted to grab a coffee and at that point i took a few minutes a half an hour and i thought about it i'm like you know what Thirty thousand foot view this guy's been my brother he's been my partner and i gotta stop holding on to you know trivial business things that don't really matter since we're really not a bad anymore mm-hmm. so i went down to macomb where the funeral was and we hung out for like 15 hours in a row we nice. talked about everything and you just that he's seriously there's a cosmic he's my brother and, mm-hmm. and it's like that connection was repatched and it's like hey you want to do music again all right all right sure so we figured out how to do it via Dropbox, and then he's like, uh, you want to come out and play some shows with my band, The Dreaming? We'll do, just do some stabbing songs. I'm like, okay. So we took it step by step, mm-hmm. but uh, then I joined The Dreaming. We did a record together where I was involved in that, but at that point, everybody's like, you're stabbing westward. And so we decided, all right, let's do... We were offered an opportunity to play a stabbing westward show as a charity for a charity here in Chicago, Cold Waves. And we're like, all right, let's see what happens. And it was a 600-seat warm-up show at a venue in Chicago called Double Door and tickets went on sale and they were sold out in three minutes. Nice. And we're like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> had no idea. Same thing happened then in Philly for a couple of months later. Next thing you know, we're like, all right, well, we should definitely tap into this and see what there is. And and then we kind of were able to work on all of this music together and have it be a true Stabbing Westward record. And this one, Chasing Ghosts, it's the most honest Stabbing record there has been because mm-hmm. there's no, no real producer or label or outside sources who are filtering in and telling us what we need to do. We're yeah. doing what we want to do. And so for the first time, I think Christopher and I can agree that this is the most honest 
Stabbing Westward record there is, and thrilled again that people are enjoying it. Yeah, instead of uh, I think we used to reference it is with with some bands or artists where you're riding the ride. But for you guys now, you're controlling the ride. You're the ones with the controls. When, when bands that I see or artists get that, that chance to do their own thing and be their own, what they really want to be, that's really a gratifying thing to see. So that's really great for you guys. Yeah, it, it, it's amazing for us. And to to get there, that's why this is all icing on the cake for us. I mean, this is... This is the fun part because we don't have we don't have the pressure where oh my god we have to write a radio hit like we'll write the songs that we want and if they get picked up by radio so be it if they're hits hits whatever that means these days great but there's no pressure to do it we can do what we want and play for the audience that we want all right Walter I'm gonna ask you the big question what, all right what is your definition of success ah uh, success uh, success is happiness success is being able to do what makes you happy and be, still be comfortable. I mean, at, so whatever that is, if it's making music and you can still pay the rent and have food on the table and have be surrounded by people who love you, that's success. I think it's happiness. I really do. That's a great answer. And I tell this to everybody when, when, I, when I do these podcasts, everyone has their own unique definition of it. And it's awesome. Walter Flakus, founding a member, keyboardist, guitarist of the band Stabbing Westward, Chasing Ghosts in stores or well, wherever you buy music. Yeah, yeah. Where, where, wherever where it is. is also, yeah. Midday's a Rock 95.5 in Chicago. Also, their music director. Now, Walter, I, I don't want to end this kind of thing on a sort of a bit of a sour note, but I saw uh, pictures, obviously, of your recent nuptials, and uh, I did say congratulations via Facebook, but again, congratulations. But I didn't realize what a huge Star Wars fan you were, and it makes me mad that you and I couldn't have sat in the channel studio and geeked out on Star Wars because I'm a big fan, too. <laughs> oh, dude. You know, so then the day that we're doing this is the day that Star Wars was released in 77 i've got my storm uh stormtrooper yeah. shirt on right now so nice. i am uh, celebrating and uh, my wife and i big star wars fans as you could see from some of the wedding photos we are going on the galactic star cruiser for the new year's voyage no way that's awesome yes. I, I i wasn't being distracted walter i actually have a darth vader helmet in here but i can't seem to find it so <laughs> but i was going to throw that on for you but uh yeah it's just i saw i don't care if anybody knows i saw star wars 19 times when it was in theaters 19 well, I times mean, it, it was it was some, i mean it was so special it tapped yeah. into something especially i guess like our age when we were it was just we were the right age mm -hmm. to just soak up that story yep and so well done and and it's i think what they're doing with it now with disney plus and all those short stories and everything it's just as exciting so mm -hmm. it's it's fun times i was i was so happy and proud as a proud dad moment i i took my girls to the uh the, the last three movies obviously the first one they liked a lot better but just to be able to share that moment with my kids you know and yeah. have this sort of validation of you're not a complete geek i mean you're a little bit of a geek but you're not a complete geek that was the best part to see that same sort of look in their eyes that i had you know the first time i'm watching you know star wars the the Mohawk Theater in North Adams, Mass for a dollar. Yeah. Eating my sugar beans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Times. So you said you're going to be Belgium in June, and then you've got some dates uh, in July and stuff. When are you going to get back out? When are you going to get back this way, man? Come uh, uh, well, a bone, Walter. <laughs> uh, we, gotta, we do need to get to the Northeast. We're doing Portland, Seattle, the beginning of July, and then we're going to do Virginia Beach, Pittsburgh, and Harrisburg at the end of August. That's really all we've got at this point. But uh, New York, Florida, Texas, we'll get to there. Okay. I mean, I might just have to pile, you know, me and Keller in a car and drive to Harrisburg. You know, there you go. It's not that far. <laughs> you know, I mean, what, you know, what are you going to do? So. <laughs> there you go. Love to see you. <laughs> it would be really cool. 
Walter Flakus, founding member, keyboardist of the band Stabbing Westward, also guitar player. Also, Middays at Rock 95.5 in Chicago. Their new album, Chasing Ghosts, is in stores. As a longtime Stabbing Westward fan, get it, enjoy it, live it, love it, gotta have it. Walter, it was just great to reconnect with you, man, and uh, really appreciate the time. All the best. No problem. Tread, awesome to hang with you, dude. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Treadcast. You can listen to this one again if you like, or download past episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get yours. Get updates about future episodes of The Treadcast on our Facebook page. Just facebook.com slash The Treadcast.